Now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to another live edition of Rod Real Radio. It is definitely our pleasure to have you with us, and we're going to make it worth your while tonight because we have a jam-packed show for you coming on up. First, from the Port of San Diego, you know it's the Day at the Docks. It's happening on April the 17th. Day at the Docks is West Coast's largest sports fishing celebration. And from the San Diego Sports Fishing Council, Catherine Miller is going to be with us to give us all the details on what's going to be happening in the 2016 celebration. And then later on in the show, Gary Graham's going to be with us. Gary Graham is outdoor writer and photojournalist for Western Outdoor News, BD Outdoors, and many other publications throughout the Southwest. He's going to be updating us on some of the happenings that are ha- that are going on in Baja, so you're going to want to be on with that. And then later on, from Sea Adventure Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing, Captain Chuck Taft's going to be with us. It's been a fantastic weekend with uh, the start of bluefin tuna being caught off of our coast. And Captain Chuck's going to be with us to update us on just all the action on the boats out of all the landings and just how we can get aboard and get out there and get them. So it's going to be a great show. But before we start it all, let me introduce to you the co-host of Ron Real Radio. First, this gentleman is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT. He is also a proficient freshwater and saltwater fisherman in his own right. Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, good evening to you. Good evening, John. Good evening, everybody. Hey, Looks it's like we've had a pretty good weekend here, all in all, between the freshwater starting to light up really well and the saltwater just taking off. It's, it's El Nino, so to speak. <laughs> Is that what it is? Well, we're going to get updates not only from Captain Chuck Tapp, but also I know Phil Friedman will have something to say about it. And, uh, hey, we'll we'll talk about that tremendous bite that's out there. And we don't want to forget that there's still tremendous yellowtail fishing and bottom fishing to be had out there. So it's a great time to be going on out. Pretty amazing. Let me also introduce to you my other co-host. She is the national sales manager for Iserline. And a very outstanding outdoor enthusiast herself, Mr. Wendy, to- Mrs. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Ms. Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm a little stiff. I actually went out there yesterday to go see if I can find some uh, tuner yellowtail at the 150, but uh, 
didn't find any, So, but it was sure nice to get out there. It was a beautiful day on the water. Well, hey, we'll, we'll get a chance to talk about that because I'll be interested to hear what you found because I know a lot of the boats got them, and then there were a lot of the boats that made long trips and didn't find them, and we're going to want to hear about that too. But, hey, let's get right on to our first guest, if we will. If you've been living under a rock for the past 34 years, then you may not be aware of Day at the Docks is coming on up always the third Sunday in April. It's a tremendous celebration of sports fishing down here at the landings. And the person that puts it all together is with us from the San Diego Sports Fishing Association, Miss Catherine Miller. Catherine, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be on. Oh, it's great having you on, but you must be busier than heck right now. It always seems like... Uh, you know, you talk about these events coming on up, uh, you have plenty of time to plan them, and then all of a sudden, you're down to the, the, the a few short days, and I'm sure that's <laughs> probably happening with you. We're two weeks away, and it's just really great. The enthusiasm is, is building, and the boats are getting ready. It's, it's really great, but there's a lot to get done between now and, and the 17th of April, that's for sure. Well, there's got to be a lot of excitement, because uh, the landings are buzzing uh, as early as I can recall, with the uh, the thought of uh, bluefin tuna and and all kinds of great fishing with an overnight and uh, half day boats, and and now even you know some of the uh, three quarter day boats are going after the fish. That's right, and you know, day at the dock has been, has been billed as the start of the, well, the start of the spring saltwater season. It looks like it got a head start of us. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's wonderful to see. It's just great. You know, yeah, there's no uh, going on Chuck's boat and doing exploratory. They're already here. <laughs> They're already here. <laughs> that is well, Wendy. Uh, uh, Wendy, I know uh, that uh, you're going to be there, and and Stan, I know that you've got a lot of other uh, 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 you know things happening in your life where you may or may not attend. But I you know, I we've been, that day. <laughs> yeah, we've been a day at the docks. I know I was at the the first one, and I don't know. Catherine, how many years ago did the first one take place? Thirty-seven. Thir- Whoa! Did- wow! You must have you must have done that out of a stroller, uh, Catherine, because <laughs> how about I can't that? believe it. 30- well, <clears throat> we are so pleased, though, that you and Wendy will be our, our MCs uh, from the main stage. We're so looking forward to that. You always do such a great, great job of you know introducing everyone to what's happening on the on the waterfront down there. Well, hey, thank we're looking you. forward to it. Yeah, thank you very much. But give the people some idea of just some of the things that are going to be happening out there, because in the time allotted to us, I know we're not going to be able to go through them all, but give us a review on, on what's in store for people coming to the 2016 Day at the Docks. Well, let's start out by saying that we're going to have a grand open house, and boats are really getting ready and dressed up for, for to welcome you aboard boats. And so we have lots of boats have an open house that day. And um, several boats are offering boat rides around San Diego Bay. So that's, that's one thing going on. We've got all the major tackle manufacturers coming down to show their wares and show off their new products for 2016. And we have marine art. We have tackle retailers coming down. We have Costa uh, Sunglasses is bringing in the fish simulator, which is always a lot of fun. You get, get in their booth and you get to try to, you know, see what it feels like to check the you know, hook a marlin and, and fight a marlin is kind of a fun thing to do. We've got free kids fishing for kids, the Kids Fishing Adventure, and there'll be uh, areas set up at each of the sea landings, and 
with help of the San Diego Anglers and San Diego Rod Meal Club. Kids uh, 12 and under are welcome to come down and fish for free. We've got tackle, we've got bait, we've got all all covered. And we, I can't tell you how many people have told me they caught their first fish a day at the docks. I mean, it's amazing. Well, you know, and that is incredible because there's not only one location, but if I'm not mistaken, there are multiple locations that are set up for the kids to go down and, uh, you know, try to catch a fish. Right. There's one in each landing, a Fisherman's Point Loma and H&M. And there are areas are big pens that have been stocked with mackerel, uh, courtesy of Irvingham Brothers Bait Company. What a wonderful job they do for us every year. We're so grateful to them. Um, but they've got, I'm sure, mackerel is good and healthy this year. We've got a good, a good supply. And the uh, fishing clubs are really ready to st- hot standby to, to get out there. You know, I, I also want to emphasize that uh, this is an event not only for the guy that may or gal that have never been on a sports boat before or have the family with them. They want to see what it's all about. Going all the way up to the most expert individual that goes out regularly on long-range boats. There is something for everyone there. And... I can't emphasize it enough. It is absolutely free. It's absolutely free. That's right. So um, we've got, what else have we got? Oh, we've got some great raffle going on to benefit the Burn Institute with some wonderful prizes this year. Okuma and Accurate Reels have both given us reels to, to give away in the raffle. That's a big deal. Um, yeah. Catherine, will you go over, for a lot of people that aren't familiar with the mission of the Burn Institute, just what those people do in the community? They really do education about about fire safety and, and um, deal with, with opportunities for burn victims, actually. So it's, it's, it's really well-received. It's well-supported by the fire department. And we've been a beneficiary now of this raffle for at least the last 10 or 15 years. Wow. And, you know, if you can ever say that this person lights up, Vic Gamboa that has helped us out with this thing for years. When it comes to that raffle, man, does that guy get illuminated. He gets excited. Yes, he does. He's been out there beating the bushes for prizes, and he's got some, some great ones up his sleeve this year. All right. You know, uh, there's just so many great things to do. There's the there's casting contests that are put on by uh, uh, Seeker and Yvette. Uh, is Lori Byron uh, uh, also doing her uh, kids' uh, art uh, thing there again yeah. this year? She is. Lori Byron will be doing a marine art project for kids, and um, that will be happening right in front of H&M Landing. And then we'll have, um, there's really, there's, there's a lot going on. And actually, the event program will be published this coming week. We could read, see all the schedules, all the seminars going on, all the cooking demonstrations going on, a list of our exhibitors, and that will also be on the website by the end of this week. You know, not only are there great seminars over there, because I think normally you have three, at least three stages set up, but on those stages, too, and especially the main stage that's uh, uh, sponsored by uh, uh, Costa Sunglasses, you've got a great venue of music throughout the entire day. We do. We start out with music, and we close the day down with music, so it's great. We, and we hope we'll have um, seminars on all three stages all day long. One of the highlights of the day is going to be a fillet demonstration put on by Fisherman's Process, and they're going to bring a big 100-pound-plus uh, tuna out all and right. take it from the whole fish down to cookable sizes. So it's, 
should be really fun to watch. Where will that be, uh, Catherine? Uh, will that be in front of uh, Fisherman's Landing or in that area? It'll be at the way station stage, which is between Loma and Fisherman's Landing. All right. You know, one of the fun things that people have always done over there, you, you get a chance to see them on the water, but you never get a chance to go in them, let alone ride one of the sports fishing boats. And people that come to Day at the Docks are going to have that unique opportunity to do that on a number of boats that are going to be available there that day. Yeah, there are two or three boats from each of the landings that will be running boat rides all day long. So that's, that's really a fun thing to do for all, the whole family. Wow. You know, and then, uh, you know, the, where, where would an event like this be? without the great food, because there's certainly great food to be have, had here. And I will tell you this, Tommy Gomes is back Uh-oh. with his famous fish tacos. <laughs> and Woo! this year, he's going to be flinging tacos to benefit the uh, Chef's, uh, chef's uh, Collaboration, which is a, a scholarship program for, for chefs. And so we're really excited about that. And he, in fact, he has drummed up several chefs who will be getting cooking demonstrations in the boats throughout the day. Well, not only that, we got to thank Tommy and, and Dave Rudy and Catalina Offshore Products because a lot of the product that will be featured on a lot of the demonstrations that will be happening there at Day at the Docks are from product supplied by Catalina Offshore Products. You are so right, and also specialty produce as well. So the two of them are really behind that, and we're really grateful to them. Well, you know, this is an event, Catherine, that people just shouldn't show up and think, well, I'm going to be able to see and do everything. Because if you're not fully aware of what's happening with regards to seminars and exhibitors and and rides and places to take the kids and contests, and we can't forget this is going to be your opportunity to get back at the skippers, too, because I think Andy Cates, he's got something in store for the general public, does he not? Mm-hmm. He's got the dunk tank, and, you know, skippers have actually signed up in advance to get dunked. So this <laughs> is your chance. <laughs> Man, there is a couple of three of them that I hope get in there. I'd spend a ton of money to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and all the money raised goes to Friends of Rollins and take kids fishing. So everybody wins. You know, uh, quarters are tight down there uh, uh, at the landing just off of Scott Street over there when it comes to parking. Uh, what provisions have you made for parking? Because I, I, I don't know if there's ever been a head count over there, but I know Wendy and I, when, we were up on, when we're up on that stage looking down the, uh, uh, the main aisle of the, of the event, there are just a sea of heads as far as you can see. So it means that there's a, a good number of people that get there. What do you do for parking, Catherine? Well, well, you know, actually we're in better shape this year than we were last because they've now finished the construction on Harbor Drive. There's additional parking on Harbor Drive as a result of that, but really the best place to park is Shelter Island, and we have, we're supplying English buses to take people back and forth in the parking areas over there on Shelter Island. So, you know, that just fun getting there by, by a double-decker bus, so... That's, a, that's probably the easiest answer for the parking situation. Speaking hey, of buses, somebody asked Cap- me if there was camping, if they, if they drove down in a motorhome for the weekend, if there was camping nearby. I didn't have an answer for that one. Yeah, there's no camping on Shelter Island, but there are a couple campgrounds. There's, there's campland by the bay over on Mission Bay, not too far away. Okay, hey, Catherine, do you yes. have any idea how many people actually attend this event? 
It's a lot. And I was just curious. You know, one year I tried to get to count feet and divide by two, but I lost count. (laughs) (laughs) All all I can say is there's a bunch. It starts at uh, 9 a.m., goes to 5 p.m., and, and, Catherine, there's a number of uh, ways that people can get an idea of what the itinerary is for the day with regards to the event uh, program. Uh, tell us where there, that event program will be before people get to Day at the Docks. So there's, there's really two sources. Um, one is our website, which is sportsfishing.org. And then the other is the our Facebook page, which is really popular, and you can get instant information on it that's been updated several times a day. And even after our, our program's out in print, new things that have come up will be posted there on, on Day at the Docks page on Facebook. So I, either way, either, one of those vehicles works really well. Wow. Day at the Docks is an event that's been going on. Catherine says it's the 37th edition of this. I, boy, I can't believe it how time flies. But it is happening. It's amazing for those people that have been going to these things over the years how the the landings and the boats and everything have evolved. If you haven't been out to the sport fishing landings, H&M, uh, Point Loma Sports Fishing, Lee Palms, and Fisherman's Landing, you're going to want to make it on out there to see not only how the landings have been upgraded and improved, the, the tackle stores at H&M and Fisherman's Landing, but also the boats themselves. Catherine, uh, the, the you know, we always say, the fleet that goes out of the sports fishing landings off of Scott Street, they're, they're just second to none in the world. You know, they were actually designed for our kind of fishing. These are very special boats designed for our type of fishing. So, and, and, and we're the innovators in the industry. So it started here, and, and we're proud to be here. You know, it, it always seems like, you know, even the, each one of these boats is independently operated uh, by uh, uh, owners and operators. They always seem to be outdoing each other with the, the, the best and the latest that they can. And it's that competition that has just, you know, made the cream rise to the top. And, and that's the San Diego sports fishing fleet. Yeah, I think you're right. That's absolutely true. All right, Catherine, uh, again, if you can go over the details of Day at the Docks uh, uh, so that uh, people that, that now have their pens standing at attention can write okay. it down just in case. Okay, it happens Sunday, April 17th, 9 to 5, at the San Diego Sport Fishing Landings in Point Loma. And the two sources of information are our website, which is www.sportsfishing.org, or our Facebook page at Day at the Docks. All right, Catherine, we appreciate you taking some time to be with us. Wendy and I, and hopefully thousands and thousands of people are looking forward to to being there, all the exhibitors and, uh, needless to say, all the skippers with the open house. It's going to be just one great big party, and as it says in the information, a celebration of sports fishing here in San Diego. Thank you so much, John, and, and Wendy, we look forward to seeing both of you down there in about two weeks. All right. And, hey, Catherine, uh, after this is over, can we invite you to come back and tell us a little bit about Gator by the Bay, too? Absolutely. Can you, uh, offhand, do you know uh, what are the dates for Gator at the Bay this year? Gator by the Bay is May 5th through 8th. It's four days. Um, it's a music, Louisiana Music and Food Festival held at Spanish Landing Park, just not very far from where the Day at the Docks takes place. It's uh, it's really going to be great fun. We've got 90-plus performances. 
on seven wow. stages. Wow. Well, so it's uh, it's really it's going to be our biggest biggest ever, and uh, it's all it's coming up soon too. Wow. I'd love to bring you back so we could talk more about that because it's another grand event that uh, uh, that you put on, Catherine Miller and Associates, and it's been it's got legs. It's been around for a little while and has grown, so that's going to be a fun time too. Thank you very much, John. Really appreciate it. All right. Catherine Miller from the San Diego Sports Fishing Council on the 2016 Day at the Docks happening at the Sports Fishing Landings off of Scott Street on April the 17th. Hey, we got to take a break right now, but coming up next, Phil Friedman. He might have something to say about the local bite off of our shores. So stay tuned. More to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. 
Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to BalloonFisherKing.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> I mean, that is just absolutely awesome. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod Reel Radio, and thanks for listening. And now it's time for What the Heck is Phil Thinking with the voice of PFO Radio, Mr. Phil Friedman. Phil, how you doing tonight, sir? John, Wendy, Stan, great to be with you. Great to be with all the listeners. I'm doing great. I didn't quite make it back to the office, so I pulled off the freeway, and here I am, John, on a cell phone, ready to rock and roll. There's been some really great fishing, as you well know. Well, you know, Phil and Stan and Wendy, you remember when the end of April came along? There wasn't much to talk about, and uh, Phil, all I can ask you is, has that changed at all uh, in in the past few weeks? <laughs> you know, these, these, this past year has been incredible, and it is just continuing, John. It's it's really remarkable. I'll kind of start out in the southern route and then kind of work up the coast, starting down there 120 miles down at Colinet, where the Pacific Queen had easy limits, a big grade yellowtail. They continue to go down there to the Colinet area, and they continue to amaze with steady fishing all winter long, now into the spring. And that bite has been tremendous. It, it's changing a little bit. There's still a lot of yo-yo ironfish, but more surface ironfish. That's a sure sign the water's starting to warm and that we're into a more spring-like condition. And, of course, there's bountiful rockfish down there in that neck of the woods. Great eating, colorful rockfish. Uh, if the boys have time to do it after they get their limits of yellowtail, and that has been the uh, rule down there in that neck of the woods. Of course, we've been looking at several different spots of bluefin tuna. There's fish all over the place right now. Now, they didn't bite everywhere today, but the San Diego boys who went to the 60-mile bank and offshore to other areas like that had really good fishing. Buzz on the prowler, just short of limits of bluefin tuna out there. Really excellent fishing for him. Several other boats with good fishing. Most of the fish... 15 to 25 pounds, they've been a little finicky, and, John, that is something that seems to occur when the water temp is a little bit on the low side for bluefin, and the water temp that I like is 67 degrees, and uh, and above that, it seems like those fish, just a mechanism for them to feed turns on. Below that, especially where we are now, some 64-degree water like that, sometimes they get a little finicky, so fluorocarbon leaders for sure working best, choosing a good hot bait. You always want to do that, but now even more important than not, whether it's a sardine or an anchovy, you really want to take your time at the well and choose the hardest bait in the well to catch is the one you want to pin on the hook and make sure you do that gently and get it into the water quickly so you've got a good hot bait. So several boats with really good fishing, including the three-quarter day boat San Diego yesterday had bluefin to 60 pounds, had a beautiful oh, fish nice. on board there. So. As I said, there's there's fish spread everywhere. There's even been fish, John, bluefin, pushed up there around banks like the 267 and kind of edging toward the 14-mile bank there off Newport Beach. The Helena had four bluefin, and those fish were in the 50-pound class. That led the majority of boats today, Thunderbird, the Freedom, all those boys who've been at Colmeny doing pretty well. We'll go back and talk about Colmeny in a moment, but they 
abandoned Clemente and they went offshore. And, man, they are wishing they did not do that today because the northern sector was slow. It just did not pan out. A lot of guys complained they never even saw anything up there. And the weather was up a little bit. My partner, Joey Gallagher, is out on a private boat, and he just called me a second ago. And he worked from uh, the lower part of the 14 down to the 267, out to the 209. And he said weather was up, and they didn't see much at all. And as you know, that changes from day to day. Those fish do have tails, and they do like to swim. So God knows where they're going to end up. Back to Clemente, just to talk about what was going on there, because most of those boys will be heading back there again. Some pretty nice big yellowtail in the deeper water on the yo-yo iron. And the jig that has been most effective has been a jig with red crab colors in it. That and the scrambled egg. But something with that red crab has really been dominating and working well. And it's au contraire in terms of the pound test you can fish when you're yo-yo on the iron. You can fish heavy. You can fish 50-pound and get away with it. So that is also a, a good venue. Catalina was slower today also, just a handful of smaller grade yellows. The yellows at Cat have been 5 to 10-pound fish, few bass, few bonita, few barracuda, not much at Cat here today. There's been some, of course, excellent rock fishing up in the Channel Islands. The boys up there out of Cisco's, there was a big white sea bass taken yesterday on the board the Island Tech, and also the Aloha Spirit earlier in the week had a nice hit on big grade yellowtail, 25-pound fish up there, and bite the yo-yo iron really, really well when the yellows aren't biting, when the sea bass are not biting. There had been a lot of sea bass, but a little indication the rock fishing has been spectacular. The key is good weather. You get good weather, and uh, you've got a really, really good shot at making that happen. And once again, surf fishing's been tough because we've had that big surf. I looked at it this morning and thought about it and then thought twice. It was just way too big. There was a ton of surfers out there for good reason, big surf. But in between that, we've been catching more and more yellowfin croaker. There's been a few halibut around, and we definitely have a southern influence right now, a south swell has been pushing fish up, surfish, tuna, all of that stuff up the hill, up the line here. So that's a good sign. And May 7th is our big surf fishing showdown, which will be based out of Big Fish Bait and Tackle. So, hey, without any notes in front of me, that's the best I could do, John. <laughs> hey, Phil, that's great. You know, I just want to also remind our listeners, you know, our local landing center in San Diego did well over the weekend uh, uh, the legend with Captain Chuck Taft uh, was out on a day and a half, and they had uh, 15 bluefin, and we're going to have Chuck on later on. And Bobby Taft on the Top Gun 80, uh, the fellow that originally, I think, went out and ventured out and found him, uh, he went out again over the weekend, and they limited out bluefin to him on a day and a half. And even some of the overnight boats are doing well out of H&M Old Glory. They had 11 bluefin tuna. But, you know, hey, there's a new boat, too, out of Fisherman's called the Bluefin. I'm not familiar with it, but it went out. I think it's a charter boat. They went out with eight passengers. They limited on out with the Bluefin tuna. And now all the boats are beginning to gear up. The, uh, the Voyager out of Seaforth, uh, they went out on an overnight over the weekend and had 15 blue, uh, 16 Bluefin tuna, and the Eclipse on a day and a half had 37 Bluefin tuna. And... If you go to uh, Rod and Reel Radio on Facebook, uh, uh, you'll see that uh, 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 one of the, the guys uh, are coming on up to a big school of foaming bluefin, and guys are sitting on the bow throwing uh, jigs at them, and then all of a sudden they get, uh, they get hit. And if you want to find uh, a, a great example 
on how people get excited when these bluefin start hitting the surface and they come across a patch of them feeding, you're going to want to see this uh, video on RodNReelRadio.com. Extremely yeah, I think that Devin Salve, if I'm right, and I saw yeah. that was Devin. awesome stuff. That big foamer of fish. Up. I mean, anybody who's ever ridden up on a foamer like that, your heart starts beating, <laughs> and you take a wind on the iron, and you just pray that you're going to get bit. And man, that is really, really exciting. So one of these days, John, and uh, I know Stan remembers, there's going to be some bluefin caught back in the in the uh, tuna area off Redondo Beach where we used to catch them when I was a kid. And I, I truly believe that might happen this year or perhaps in a coming year. There just seems to be so much bluefin tuna around, and it's like days of old right now. Really, really good stuff. And I think this is only going to get better. When this water temperature warms up, that mechanism that makes them feed, that makes them more active, is going to kick into gear, and you're going to see some great fishing. One other thing about Chuck Taft, he's got his boat running out of Fairpoint Landing, and Scott Buchard called me. He was on board the boat and just raved about the crew and the service and everything else. He said they had really great rock fishing at Clemente. Looked for the yellow, they didn't want to bite, but they, I think, limited out on the rock fishing. Had great, great fishing on the Sea Adventure up there out of Pierpoint Landing now. So, once again, those guys, the Taft brothers, have been doing great. And Bobby, he went out there to the west, made this all start. It was up to him. I was talking to Buzz Brizendine, owner-operator of the Fowler, about that, and he said hats off to Bobby for going out there and making this happen. So a lot of good stuff going on, no doubt. You know, this year we may see that we we had Wahoo all the way up to the Channel Islands last year. Uh, the bluefin almost made it up to Redondo, but not quite. But this year it can happen. I'm still waiting for somebody to get one off the pier, a pier anywhere. <laughs> so we haven't had that one, but it could happen. Um, I did hear of a guy that caught uh, on the Channel Islands this week. There was a 60-pound yellow caught uh, up here that, and I don't know the guy that caught it, but it was it was called into a a friend of mine. So, I mean, we're seeing stuff. Yeah, we're seeing stuff happen that, uh, and I, I, even these bigger bluefin, some of the guys have got eyes on or had eyes on bigger fish out there that just aren't biting yet. Evan had that bun, that foamer out in front of him, and everybody was screaming when the guy hooked up on one of them, uh, which was fun to watch, by the way. Uh, but it'll be interesting in the next couple of weeks to see where this really starts going. Wendy, you had a comment. Did he say 60? Somebody Zero? called in and said they had a 60-pound yellowtail up at, outside on the other side of the Channel Islands. I'm still trying to track down who that was. I'm, I'm working on that one for us. That's good, yeah. Wow, that is, uh, uh, that's tremendous fishing, you know. And as I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago at the Long Beach show, running into uh, Chuck and Bobby Taft, uh, at front of uh, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing and uh, Top Gun 80 there at the H&M Landing booth, Chuck and Bobby were saying, we know they're out there. We just know they're out there. We know they're at least out at the 43, and Bobby's going to be running a trip at the uh, the end of uh, uh, of March, and he's going to go on out there, and he's going to get them. And sure enough, Bobby went on out there, and, man, they cashed in on it, and now everyone's getting in on it. It's going to be great fishing opportunities, and and uh, I, I I think uh, we're going to be talking about bluefin tuna and who knows whatever else well into the fall again, uh, Phil, and that's not going to be a bad thing. No, John, it's, it's tremendous that it started this early, and I think you're absolutely right. Water warms. We'll see the bluefin bite better. We'll add other species to it, perhaps yellowfin tuna, dorado, all those warm water species. And uh, I just think we're off to the races, 
and things are going to only get better week by week and month by month. It really does look promising. Well, Phil, if we want to keep up with uh, the things that are doing, you're doing your blog, check in on the, your Spanish-speaking show. How do we keep up with you? Because, man, uh, you can't hardly even keep up with what you're doing. Oh, my God, you know, I've, I've lost all my hair doing this. Show. No, I lost that. <laughs> doing something else. Um, hey, no question. Hey, uh, happy birthday to one of your great listeners, Robert Yeager. He listens to uh, Rod and Reel Radio every week. You can do that by going to PFO on Facebook, or if you speak Spanish, you can go to Aventuras al Aire Libre on Facebook. We're also on the web at pfomedia.com, Aventuras al Aire Libre.com, and Instagram and YouTube and everywhere else. And our Spanish radio show is heard every Friday evening at 7 p.m. for one hour on AM 690, back for another hour on Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. And, of course, we've got special interviews like the one we did with Wild Bill uh, up there uh, from the Discovery Channel. Uh, that was a great interview and a lot of fun to do that one from the Deadliest Catch and lots of other stuff. If you just take a listen there on PFO Media or PFORadio.com. All right, Phil, uh, if we don't have the opportunity to speak with you during the week, we look forward to your report next Sunday night on Raw and Real Radio. Thanks for taking the time to, to you know, get that great report, and I know you're pressed, so we always appreciate hearing from you. John, I wouldn't miss it. It's always a pleasure and an honor to be on the show with you, Wendy, and Stan, and, of course, all the great listeners out there. Uh, lots of hookups in your future. That's what I'm hoping for. All right. Phil Friedman from Phil Friedman Outdoors. Phil, thanks for being with us. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we got to take a break. But coming up next, Captain James Nelson with the California Inshore Report. Stay tuned. Lots more Rod and Reel Radio to come with also Gary Graham and Chuck Taft later on in the show. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My Angler H2O. I will scent my lure with pride. And hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. 
I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio and uh, look for the Rock Lease release system at the Day at the Docks. We'll have the Angler's Arsenal booth there. It'll be uh, right up by the main stage. We'll have the Rock Lease available. We will show you how it works. And you want to make sure that if you're going out for rockfish or even if you're a bass fisherman and you're worried about bear trauma, in the bass that you catch, the Rockley's Fish Release System can take care of that problem easily and handily. You don't have to worry about punching any holes into the fish or anything else like that. Look for the Rockley's. You can buy them in, in stores throughout Southern California here or go to anglersarsenal.com and pick one up. Hey, now it's time for the Southern California Inshore <laughs> Report with one of our favorite guys, the fish icon himself, Captain. Captain James Nelson. Captain James, welcome to the show. Well, thanks again for having me, John. So good to be back. You know, Captain <laughs> James, I'm I'm thinking if the, there is anyone that is going to be catching a bluefin tuna in San Diego Bay, it's going to be it's you or one of your customers <laughs> because, man, you are out there enough that you're going to be ready to and go for it. I don't know, John. You know, tuna are—they're a strange breed to me. You know, it's. Uh, but if they're if they're willing to come in the bay, yeah, yeah, we'll do our best to welcome them. That's for sure. We're <laughs> waiting for them to come in close enough that somebody's going to get them off a pier. Yeah, yeah, off of the Imperial Beach Pier. You know, that'll that'll be at least. Uh, 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 it won't be a first because, you know, Stan, we saw pictures of, from I think 1908 where they were catching albacore off the Imperial Beach Pier. So who knows, Yell, uh, you know, yellowfin and bluefin, that, that's not that uh, big of an impossibility. Well, I remember the guys tell, talking about back when the, the, that happened and, and when they came inside, you know, inside the Catalina Channel there and alongside some of the piers when they used to be able to have anchovies on the pier and they'd throw them out there on a, on a slider rig, the... All kinds of things happened in the old days. Now I don't know if that's if they're still doing that on any of the piers, but if they come in between the you know the Catalina Channel there and alongside, if they got up into the Redondo in that Redondo area there, where in that deep area where they have that upswelling, it would be interesting. That's all I got to say. It, it's been fun to watch when they were that that 150 to 200 pound fish was four miles off the beach here last year, so. We'll just have to see what happens, and then James can go out and get one of those in four miles off the beach. Well, you know, James, uh, I think, what was it? It was uh, late summer, early fall. Uh, uh, we were out with you and uh, Dr. Jim uh, fishing off Imperial Beach, and we uh, we got into uh, some nice bonita, and then uh, we had a fish on that surprised us. Yeah, you know, the fish are out there. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I'd rather just concentrate on the ones that, that I know I don't have to drive 60 miles and actually they're right here, but that's just me. 
Well, you know, <laughs> uh, I got on uh, James Nelson on Facebook here uh, over the weekend uh, just to see, you know, get an idea of some of the uh, the species of fish you were going after in the bay. And the first thing that came up or the latest is you went on out there and you got what looked like some of the nicest bonefish I have seen any time you want to go out after bonefish. What, what happened, Jim? Well, the bonefish are starting to bite, John. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really? but these, these are... <laughs> they uh, love that sunshine. I, you know, it really... Temperature of the water, temperature of the air uh, matter almost, as, almost little because they're always there. They're in the water. They're going to stumble across them. But once that sun comes out, they just perk up. They love sunshine. Well, with the bonefish that you had and the ones that I saw that you photographed, either you're catching some horrendous bonefish or your clients have arms that extend out uh, six feet in front of them because they look like they were pretty nice-sized bonefish. You know, I have gotten better at taking pictures of fish, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned a bit over the years. The, the fish that you went out, now, were those uh, incidental fish that you had or did you actually go out and target them? No, we're we're looking for bonefish. You know, I, like I said, once that sun's out, you know, I, I just figure they're going to be around here. So we're looking for bonefish. And today we had a full day trip, so that helped us divide our attention a little bit between the bonefish and then the shark species. Uh, there are some combo spots where you can fish both, but it really does help if you concentrate on what you're actually after. So, for the most part, are are the bonefish in the warmer waters back uh, more in the South Bay in the shallower water, and then the uh, uh, aren't we getting up into the time of the year where uh, the leopard shark, which you're you're known for some strange reason as going out and catching abundance of the they're in spawning and maybe some of the the deeper water or the deeper water spots that have real a- close to the shoreline and have access to shallow water. Well, you know, they're, yeah, these fish are pretty paternal. I mean, we're, we're able to just see what they're doing and then just follow those patterns. But it really is a matter of, uh, it really is a matter of that sunshine, like I said, especially with the bonefish. So, I mean, we've been after the leopard sharks quite a bit because it is a seasonal thing. So we can follow their patterns, you know, and uh, leopard sharks are kind of like salmon when it comes to their spawning rites and rituals. And what they'll do is they'll go back to where they were born. So, uh, again, you can catch the leopard sharks year-round, but you're fishing the stock that decides it wants to stay in the bay. Whereas this time of year, you're going to have anywhere from two to three times as many now roaming around. And, yes, they're going to spawn. And because they give birth alive, they're really, they pack in whatever calories they can get from whatever food they can find. And so you get on their their migration path, and it's it's a score. And we we had a couple on today. Got one for the camera, and then we had uh, again the bonefish because that sun sun was shining. Started throwing the shrimp out, and boom! We, we think we had uh, ten bonefish today. Three guys, so that's pretty. Fun. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. You know, and as I said, Stan. Uh, uh, or as Jim claimed, I guess he's getting better at photography, but you could have fooled me. It looked like one of those bonefish that you had was pretty <laughs> close to 24 inches. It was just a beautiful fish. Some of them are big, and, and usually that's what we're reserving our, our photos for. So, you know, it, rather than take a picture of every single one, we pretty much take a picture of the first one, 
that each person catches. And then if he gets a bigger one, then we'll take a picture. If he gets smaller, we just release them right in the water. So they're, they're unhandled and they're as wet as they can be. You know, Jim, I know you, uh, you like uh, uh, throwing bait for them, but is there ever a time when there is an artificial lure that will work for bonefish? And if so, what is it? Um, artificial lures work almost every time, but they also get ignored. And so does bait, for that matter. I mean, anything can get ignored, but uh, the best lures that we found, uh, sometimes they'll hit the small three-inch swim baits, but uh, grubs are really even better. And we try to go with the lightest head possible. Um, you know, one-eighth is not out of out of line, and sometimes even smaller if you can get them. And, uh, and just barely twitch it along the bottom. They don't like big herky-jerky motions. Unless you see birds diving, then if you see birds diving, we've had pretty good luck on half-ounce cast masters. And that's just really depends on what the bird are diving on. If they're diving on that small anchovy that we get over the winter, that's a good time to catch a winter bonefish. Just throw those cast masters and just work them. Let them go all the way towards the bottom. If you fish them on top a lot, you'll get jack smelt, mackerel, and even the bay bass. But if you let those cast masters get down below the real hard-hitting predators, then you've got a good chance of getting croaker and bonefish. Wow. Do they like uh, uh, silver? they like gold? Or are they like... Uh... You know, a multicolored type of uh, cast master or what? They probably do, job, but I'm a chrome and blue guy. Just that's what I keep in my box because we know that the bass on our lakes like them too. You know, that's just gold. I just gave out some really good information. If people aren't listening to this, we've got to make sure they listen to the the podcast later. You know, <laughs> well, well, we got to make sure that information they... I gave to you. Yeah, what are you like, you've been like studying Barbara Walters something on how to do an interview? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right after you, we have Donald Trump. So don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, if I start crying soon, the people will know. <laughs> you know, and 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 Jim, uh, historically, uh, do you find them in the grass? Do you find them in the edge of the grass? Are they in the uh, uh, the sand flats or all of the above? Well, you know what, John? It's funny you ask me because a lot of this information. Um, yes, I have learned to detail a little bit according to what I find myself in San Diego Bay. But when I first started actually wanting to hunt bonefish, you know, the greatest resource that we have nowadays, and, you know, we talk about this a lot, you, Stan, and I remember the old Dewey Decimal System and going to the library when they were open. Nowadays, you can go on your computer and Google. And uh, that's what I did, and I started finding out information that pertain to bonefish as a species and then try to pertain it to the Cortez bonefish, which we have, and then try to relate it to what we have in San Diego Bay. And the number one thing that I have found, and I've been able to uh, isolate that information in more detail according to my everyday on-the-water activities, and that is bonefish like mud. They, and, again, that's just prime information right there I just gave out. Bonefish like mud. Um, Eelgrass is not as important to them as it is to, like, the bay bass, because bay bass are ambush predators. Bonefish are not. They hunt and roam constantly. And so uh, get around the mud. In our mud, we not only have, of course, as you know, the ghost shrimp and razor clams, but we also have mud mussels. And the other creature that we have in the bay that likes mud mussels that also eats our shrimp and other offerings is croaker. So if you're catching yellowfin croaker or even black croaker, uh, chances are you're in the right spot because all those fish are going to have the same kind of diet. And if you're catching those croakers, just be patient. Hopefully you got enough bait to go through. 
because eventually one of those croakers is going to end up being a long, slender bonefish. Right. Wow. Now, how about uh, outside I the know, bay? I know, Dan, huh? I should charge for this. Yeah. You should. You know, that's, that's really good information. I'm, I'm kind of sitting there just going, what? This is good stuff, dude. <laughs> you know, that makes sense Finally, that they be on the mud because uh, there's a lot of things that, between the worms and the, and the, the shellfish that are out there. Um, that, that makes a ton of sense, you know, to, I don't know where all those areas are down there, but if you live down there, I would be out there tomorrow going, I'm going to go hunt this stuff down and see if I can get one. Um, you know, and that's exactly it, Sam, and that's what I did, is I took the, the basic raw information like I just gave out, because like I said, you could Google it. Anybody could Google it. I'm not giving, you know, as much as I am being generous, I'm not totally giving trade secrets, and I'm not giving up information that my friends taught me. This is stuff that anybody can find. Um, but but the one detail that you do have to find is get out there and find your own mudflats because they're out yeah. there. And, and a good way to do it, too, is if you're fishing, like, let's say, 8, 10 feet of water, you know you can get away with a quarter-ounce weight, but put on a half-ounce or a three-quarter. Reason being is because you're going to snag the bottom, and you're going to find out what kind of bottom that is. And if you're that is going to muck up that mud, too, and I think that makes sometimes that that's a trigger. Exactly. And if you're just coming up with just gray mud uh, every once in a while, you could be in a good spot. But once you start catching clumps of that mud, Rub your fingers through it, and if you see muscles in that clumps, you're in the better spot. Wow. You know, Jim, uh, just quickly, uh, anything happening outside the bay that uh, uh, we'd be uh, uh, chartering you to go out and get? Well, I'll tell you, if you want to go look at a bunch of boats, yes, there's a lot of stuff going on outside the bay. (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday we went to La Jolla, John, and I'll tell you, it was like a boat show. I mean, it was just everybody and their brother. And not only that, but, again, I don't have any real secret secrets, but I do have some reefs that I fish that I never, ever see but maybe one or two boats on. Yesterday we counted 27 boats on one reef that I never see anybody on. Of course. I couldn't believe <laughs> Of course. Hey, now i got another question for you real quick. You, you said the, the bonefish that you have there in the bay is called the, the Cortez bonefish? Cortez bonefish, yes, sir. So what's, what other species are there up and down? Or is there anything else up and down our coast, or is that particular uh, There term? are, you know, and there's about 22 different species of bonefish between the ones that we catch here. and You know, their they're, uh, Latin name is Gilbertas, and, uh, and so there's just a whole bunch of those in there. But not I mean, on our area be, here. But not in our area. No, it's the ones that we have that aren't even here, according to the Fish and Wildlife, they don't even recognize them. <laughs> the ones yeah, we have. the ones we don't have. Right, the ones we don't have. Okay, well, hey, Captain James, as I said, great information. This is the type of stuff people learn when they go out with a guy that's out in the water 260 days out of the year or more and everything else like that. The way to maximize your experience on the water, especially if you're visiting San Diego for only uh, 24 or 48 hours and you want to go out and have a great experience. Captain James Nelson the guy to do it with. And, Captain James, people want to book with you, find out what your schedule is. How's the best way to go about doing it? Well, you can always reach me at the website, thefishicon.com, or um, go to Facebook, you know, just put in James Nelson. Or if you go Captain James Nelson, you'll you'll get another project I'm on, but it also link you back to the fishing stuff. But <laughs> and the, check the Tackle shops around town. A lot of shops have given me my information. I know Angler's Arsenal. John, you do a good job there. Or the best bet I like is the phone, 
395-0799. Well, Captain James, we like recommending goods and services we never have to apologize for, and definitely you are one of them. And thanks a lot for being with us tonight. Have a successful week. We look forward to talking to you next week. Always a pleasure, John, Stan, Whitney, guys. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, got a busy week this week, including a trip to Long Beach tomorrow. So I'd be more than happy to fill you in on how that goes. Yeah, that'll be neat. Captain J- James Elson, the fish icon. Hey, guys, that's it for the first hour. Man, what a fast hour it was, but there's still a lot more to come. Gary Graham's going to be with us. He's going to be talking about all things Baja. And then coming on up at around 640 is going to be Captain Chuck Taft. He's going to be cluing us in on uh, this uh, bluefin bite. Is it for real? Is it just something that's going to come and go? We'll find out. But you're going to have to stay tuned. Another hour of Ron Real Radio is coming up after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main and el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons and outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes, and I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. 
You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or Anglers Arsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Well, Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshahara. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. We want to welcome you to the second hour of Rod and Real Radio. Hey, our next guest, this is a fellow I met many years ago. He was a professional guide working out of the East Cape uh, of Baja. He has uh, uh, you know, now evolved into a, a great outdoor writer, a photojournalist for not only Western Outdoor News, but Bloody Decks and many other publications throughout the southwest over there. He's the guy you want to stay in contact with when you want to find out what's happening on the Baja Peninsula. We've got him on tonight, Mr. Gary Graham. Gary, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I really enjoy being here. And uh, hi, Wendy and Stan. And I feel sorry for all you guys. You have to be inside this nice weather. Hey, <laughs> <Okay>, Gary. <laughs> it's okay, Gary. We'll be outside soon enough. You know, hey, hey Gary, before we get to some of the specifics, you know, uh, it seemed like the, this time last year we were talking about very warm water conditions coming on up the Baja Peninsula, both on the Sea of Cortez side. And also on the on the Pacific side, it'd been affecting some of the fishing down there. Can can you just give us an idea of, of especially on the Pacific side with the long range fleet going down? Uh, what what are the fishing conditions like uh, along the uh, the the peninsula? You know, it's kind of flipped. It it uh, what happened was that the uh, sea temps are still up, and as you know, uh, recently, let's see, last weekend they got a uh, bluefin tuna out of Ensenada, and of course got the one down at Colonnette the week before, and starting to get limits up in Cal- Southern California. But what? happened or what I keep looking at is that usually this, and I just wrote this in a column, but usually this time of year, everybody's headed for uh, East Cape or Cabo or Baja Sewer, somewhere in Baja Sewer to get a fishing fix before things light up in uh, Southern California, and it's not that way. It's already lit up in Southern California, and it's lit up all the way down uh, the west coast of uh, Baja, all the way down to uh, Abriojos, and it's Pretty much yellowtail. There's start. They're still catching a few uh, uh, other fish. Uh, they're getting blue, the bluefin in, es- in Ensenada and uh, yellowtail white sea bass in uh, San Quentin. So it seems to me that it's sort of uh, it's starting off up north and. Um, uh, which is a good thing, and uh, because of that, you know, there's some tournaments and other stuff going on up in northern Baja that uh, all, that all work well for us. So I think it's a good thing uh, as far as I think I just saw a report a couple minutes ago from uh, La Paz, from Jonathan Rodon, saying that, quote-unquote, we're in a transition period, and I think that's pretty much true. Uh, there's some fishing, but there isn't anything extraordinary yet. Uh, there's still some wind to deal with in the Sea of Cortez, but there have been some really good catches of amberjack and uh, the small dorado, not any any dorado of any size, all five-pound dorado so far. Let me ask you a question, Gary. I, you know, the, the small bait fish, the sardina and whatever, when that usually will come in a little later on here uh, and make that uh, beach fishing, you know, when you want to catch that stuff inshore for for rooster fish and Sierra and whatever else that comes up in 
the guys that cast him ashore. How did El Nino affect that last year, and what are we looking for this year? Well, it was pretty sparse last year. There was not a lot of sardina uh, to be found anywhere. Hopefully that'll change this year. However, Eric Brixen in uh, San Jose was saying the other day that they haven't seen any sardina yet there. So that's an indication there may be a little bit up at Cabo Pomo, but of course you can't go in Cabo Pomo to fish them. So basically uh, most it's Cabrito and um, other mackerel are basically the baits that are being used, but the smaller baits have not, there haven't been very many of them. And last year, what the little there was anytime that, a spot showed up, the trucks will arrive and the pongas and they basically, they sell it dead now and they were selling it to the major markets like San, um, to Cabo San Lucas and La Paz and so on. But uh, there wasn't, and the other thing they did was they lowered their uh, mesh size to three quarters of an inch, which means there's no fry. So it could very well be that bait's going to be an issue again this year. Well, that was because of the hot water. They did the bait just moved out and away from the bank, and we didn't see much of it. But I was wondering, you know, are the conditions close to the same as last year this time, or are we looking a little different water conditions? Mm, sea temps is still up. It's um, it never went down as as low as it normally does. I think it's in the mid seventies in uh, at East Cape currently, or in in the Sea of Cortez. So um, I think that. Um, uh, the jury's out. We'll see how it all plays out. You know, it's it's um, up here, obviously, in Southern California that it's already starting to take off. But we'll, uh, there's a lot of red crab going down the uh, the west coast of Baja as well. That's what all the long-range boats are talking about, how much of that they're seeing. In fact, Steve Kirk, I ran into it, uh, Fred Hall, and he was telling me how many he was seeing. So, so it's uh, the red crab. Will, uh, that certainly is, is a bait fish and may change your techniques a little bit, but uh, certainly is a viable bait. So we'll just see what happens. You know, Gary, I know you're a great enthusiast of motoring up and down the Baja Peninsula, and you've made several trips uh, uh, in recent years all the way down to the tip, but. You've got to be excited because I know I'm excited, and I haven't made that many trips down there. On what's happening with uh, Highway Five down in Mexico along the Sea of Cortez side, and I get all kinds of uh, rumors that it's completed, it's not completed, it's near completed. You can't get through or anything like that. Can you can you give us an update on just exactly what Highway Five is going down the Sea of Cortez coast? Where where it's going, and what's the status of completion of that that stretch of highway max five goes down from uh calexico mexicali heads down past san felipe continues on past gonzaga and coco's corner and from coco's corner then it, it bends in and it joins back up with mex one at laguna chapala which is oh about i'm maybe off in a mile or two it's about 20 miles below Catavina, but it'll be a huge, once it's finished, it's going to make an extraordinary difference in the way people traveled to Baja, I believe. That's just my own observation. But um, the uh, road at the moment, there's about, uh, I'm hearing mixed numbers, but it's no more than 20 miles that they're working on now, and they've got full crews. Uh, If you go to Baja Bites, or to my Baja Bites report, which is on BD uh, Outdoors, there's a video that you can see that shows you the whole thing and where it, where it's finished. And right as of 
within the last month up to where they were. So, but like I say, it's about 20, no more than 20 miles. I think it's less than that. I'm just being conservative, but, um, uh, it will make a difference. I, I am going down in sometime either late May, early June. I'll be driving then and I, I intend to drive that way, but I've talked to people that have driven it. And the dirt road, uh, you get mixed reviews. If it's somebody that knows, that's been driving the road a while, they say it's a piece of cake. If you talk to other people, they talk about how rough it is. So it, it's um, the last, just that last 20 miles. But anyway, I the minute that opens and is complete, it will change. I think it's going to change the face of Baja Norte. Norte. Basically, most everyone will opt to go that way simply because there's no traffic when you go down through Tijuana, Ensenada, and on down past San Cantin, or Camelou, San Cantin, and then El Rosario and cut back in there. The traffic between until you get to San Cantin is just horrible, and it's uh, not gotten any better, and it's not going to. You're driving through. Basically, that whole area now is populated from San Cantin to where you turn west up to the north, headed toward, uh, uh, toward Ensenada. Wow. So pe- people are going to decide they want to go the other way. I'm pretty sure. As a matter of fact, I'm not. I know that property values on that on Mex Five have jumped, and most of the people that have owned property there for long periods of time are talking about selling to hotels, um, various service uh, stations, so on and so forth. That kind of. So it's going to change dramatically, but I think it'll be a good change. Along that route, uh, Gary, is there any type of a Past San Felipe, we always hear about San Felipe, but is there kind of a gem of a spot that is going to be a place that you're going to really look forward to to going to when when that route is opened up? Well, oh, Gonzaga Bay is one. Yeah. Uh, that's always been difficult to get to. And uh, actually, uh, Pescala Baja is having a tournament there uh, later on this year in um when in June they're going to have a tournament there, so and they had it last year, but the difference is that it'll be a lot easier to get to now. But um, anyway, I think that uh, yeah, I think actually we were talking about doing a trip and taking uh, Hobie kayaks down and doing that whole road below San Felipe and just whatever we saw, stop and try fishing it and, and see what we could find because I really think it's going to be a game changer. You know, uh, Gary, we're talking about motoring down uh, south of the border and going, uh, you know, way down into the Baja Peninsula. Just uh, briefly go through the paperwork and documentation that uh, U.S. citizens need when they make the trip down there. Well, if you're just driving down, it's not very difficult at all. Of course, you need uh, Mexican auto insurance. But if you're going across right now, let's talk about Tijuana right now because that's been – where most people are going, but with that new uh, gate, the way they've got it now that opened up a couple years ago, when you go in there, you, there's a parking lot on the U.S. side right in front of the building. You get parked there, walk in. There's a bank, restrooms, uh, immigration is in there. You can buy your uh, FMMs, and uh, for that matter, you can now buy them online as well. And uh, then you're you. Go back in your car, you drive, you come out of the parking lot, make a right turn, and you're across the line just that quickly. Wow. You know, and, you know, everyone always talks about the exchange, and I know there's a bank right there at the border. Is that a good time to get your pesos, or 
Uh, should you go up to one of the exchanges uh, that are here, like in, I go to the one over in Chula Vista that's uh, by the U.S. Bank, uh, where, do you, where do people get the best exchange rate if they want to use pesos? And then what about the argument, pesos as opposed to using a credit card when it comes to exchange rates? Okay, well, as far as exchange, where you want to get them, I get mine at the bank at the border in the, in the same building where the immigration is. It's just more convenient. The rate seems to be about the same. He may save a little bit by buying. I, I don't know this to be a fact because I don't do it, but I, it used to be that you could get a deal on or when you got them uh, in Chula Vista or wherever. But it's changed now, and, and I really recommend just doing if you're doing if you're going to get an FM, and then that's the perfect time to go ahead and get it. I only use peso. I don't use a lot of pesos. My, primarily, the pesos are for fuel only, and that's only because it's easier to, to figure out what you're doing. As far as credit cards are concerned, uh, a lot, almost all the stations now take credit cards, so you can use a credit card. Uh, I, there are an, I've, I've had a problem with one, uh, one in the, oh, about a year ago, and I pretty much stay with uh, using cash instead of credit cards just because I feel more comfortable with it. But they are available. A lot of people use them all the time. But um, in my case, I, in fact, I wrote an article about it. The first time I stuck the card in or used my debit card, which I had set up just for that purpose, before I got back to my computer in my room, I had a message that it had been hacked. So, you know, it's oh, wow. something to be aware of. So. Yep, <clears throat> this is an FYI. I was in the Bank of America this last week, and they said they are, they are offering a credit card to people who traveled to Mexico. They they do not charge uh, a fee for for the uh, peso to to dollar on their new credit card, and something you might want to look at if you're if you travel to Mexico a lot. You know, yeah, no question. There are serv- I'm not, and I, I only offer that story because that's that coin just happened to happen to me. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, I if you ask are asking me to use a credit or should you use a credit card, I certainly would. I mm-hmm. what I would recommend is that um, if you're going to set it up on a debit card and keep a, a fairly low balance that you can transfer into. And uh, don't leave more than 500 bucks in it at a pop. Now, having said all of that, uh, mine was with um, uh, B of A, and uh, I handled, solved the entire, when I got the notice on my computer, within 30 minutes it had been recredited to my account, changed, they closed the account, put the money back in my account, and issued me a new card within 24 hours. Right. And also, so, as, a, as a rule of thumb, if you are traveling down to Mexico, make sure you alert your credit card company that you're going to be down there, yes. that uh, uh, if all of a sudden you start going out to dinner or are using it for charter trips or whatever it is, uh, you find that uh, your credit card is locked up. And I've got to tell you, once you're down there and it gets locked up, it's tough to get it unlocked. <laughs> no, hey, I understand, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, guys, uh, we got to take a break right now, but... Gary, uh, can you stay with us for another segment, please? Sure, no problem. I know there's, <laughs> there's a number of 
of uh, tournaments that are happening down on the Baja Peninsula for those that want to go down there and fish and be of a competitive nature. And Gary's got a handle on that, and we want to find out with it. Hey, our guest right now is Gary Graham from, uh, you know, a photo journalist, uh, uh, writer for Western Outdoor News, Bloody Decks, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we're going to join Gary again after we take this short break. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM 540 or at com. Stay tuned. More to come. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Lining is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Lining's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Lining should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today HM Landing 619-222-1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. 
When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Hey, and welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I, we welcome you. And we're speaking with outdoor writer and photojournalist from Western Outdoor News, Bloody Deck Outdoors, and a number of other publications throughout the Southwest here, Mr. Gary Graham. And, and Gary Graham, a lot of things still to talk to you about. Well, one of the things uh, I find most interesting is some of the work you've been doing with Ken Frankie and the uh, the Sports Fishing Association of California. You know, recently there, you guys got a breakthrough for us recreational fishermen when it came to the taking of bluefin uh, uh, tuna in Mexican waters. And uh, I understand you're going to be traveling with the uh, with Ken and the, a number of people from the association uh, again to meet with uh, local and mainland government officials on other issues that are that are pressing that we might be interested in, not only as uh, visitors to Baja, but also sports fishing enthusiasts. What Tell us, what, what's happening in that uh, that arena? Well, I went down with, the first trip I went down on was in December. We went to Cabo and um, met with local uh, fishing charters and uh, government officials and uh, politicians. And it was, it was really not to, talk about a specific issue, Ken had organized the whole event simply to uh, reach out to the local uh, organizations in these different uh, towns, and in this case, Cabo, and and just discuss what what problems they had, what the thoughts, our thoughts were, and and just share information basically. And it's worked out really well. This they've been doing it for a couple of years. Um, Ken invited me to be part of the team this this next trip, which is to Mazatlan. We'll be meeting again with the politicians and the local uh, sport fishing and. Uh, uh, hotel operators and they we're hoping not we're not trying to solve a specific problem we're trying to just open channels so that or can keep those channels open so when there is a problem that we can share information back and forth wow okay well you know congratulations to, to ken and the uh the sport sports fishing association for the breakthrough they uh they achieved for us recreational fishermen and and uh Gee, I just hope we see that that line of cooperation again because I I know there's been a lot of friction between you know Baja North, Baja South, and the mainland, and and I I hope uh, w- we can make it work out because when it when it when it works, it's a win for all of us. Exactly, and that that's exactly the whole purpose of it of it. The trips when I went down, and like I said, the first one I went down was in Cabo, but I. I came away really believing that there had been some uh, real fertile ground that had been uh, plowed between all of us that uh, that we, everybody kind of felt like they could pick up a phone and call somebody and say, well, what do you think about this? Or what do you, you know, and just share information and share uh, ideas on maybe how to resolve it. So anyway, yes, I'm looking forward. I, I was excited to uh, be invited to go down with Ken, and Ken has done a marvelous job of assembling a group of people on both sides of the border to work together, and uh, hopefully it'll continue. But he, I, I have a great deal of faith in Ken after working with him a while. Right. Now, now uh, Gary, there's a number of events happening uh, throughout the Baja Peninsula that fishermen can go and take part in, but 
Probably one of the grandest sets coming on up is uh, going to be happening uh, towards the end of June. And it is an event that I think really, uh, you know, was just kind of happening, but all of a sudden came to the forefront after uh, the hurricane hit uh, Cabo San Lucas and the way the fishermen came together and, and, and you know, put their resources to rebuilding, literally rebuilding so much of that town. Uh, uh, tell us about the event that is scheduled for the end of June down there and exactly what does it do? Well, Stars and Stripes was started, uh, this will be the 20th year, and it originally was started to benefit um, the boys, Big, Big Sisters and Big Brothers Association in uh, Orange County. And they got together and came up with the idea, that Gebhardt was the uh, mover and shaker, they came up with the idea of doing a tournament. And they started doing the tournament. And over the years, obviously, it's been successful. It's grown from being just a fishing tournament to now it's a golfing tournament, and it also has a uh, rock star, rock, compo- rock concert component on the beach, and then it has another component called spa, which is for anybody that doesn't want to do golf or doesn't want to do fishing, they can go do spa, which is whatever they want to do, basically. It's a three-day event, and it, um, it's your kind of event, event, Stan. You'd love it. Uh, well, I'll be, I think I'll be down there. I won't, I'm not involved with the event. I'll, I'll be down there on the 20th to the 22nd, somewhere in there. Uh, of June, so I'll be around. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, it starts on the 22nd and uh, wraps up on the 26th, and basically it uh, it's held at the Hilton out on the uh, on the highway, and uh, they fill it. It's 700. They'll have 700 participants in the tournament. Last year, they pay they uh, they came away with 2.7 million that was used plowed not only into the Big Brothers and Big Sisters, but into six organizations, uh, including uh, a number of them that are in uh, that are basically in Mexico and. Uh, they do the Big Brothers and Miracles for Kids, Orangewood Foundation, Building Baja's Future, Homeland Orange County, and Telly's Life Center. And what they do is they fund in Mexico, they, they're funding over 100 kids for all the way from grammar school through college. And that money has been set aside for each kid, each child so that he has his, all of his education is paid for. So how does this tournament work here, Gary? If a guy wanted to go down there and, and uh, what's it cost and how do you how would you get involved? Because if I'm down there and I can figure out how to make this work, I might just jump right in. <laughs> well, it's a turnkey event and it's uh, thirteen thousand per, and that's for two couples, and um, the everything is paid for. Your air down, your rooms, your whatever activities, whether it's golf or fishing or spa and all of your meals of course are included all the parties they have they have a, a, a complete rock stage set up on the beach out in front of the Hilton and uh, they have this year they're going to have concerts both nights and um, it's it's a real real event if you want to read more about it you can find it at stars and stripes uh, tournament.com and they have a whole rundown on everything and how it all works. But basically it is a 
uh, a, a really energy charged event that uh, is everybody comes away pretty pretty excited and there are very few people that drop out from year to year. Now, Gary, I haven't been down to, uh, to the East Cape or Cabo San Lucas since uh, the hurricane hit there a couple of years ago. Is is to the best of your knowledge, just about everything back to quote unquote normal again, or are there still some of the ill effects of, of that event uh, that now, can be seen? There, there are some some of the effects from the hurricane from Odile are still there, particularly out in the barrios and so on, out, away from the the uh, the population centers. But uh, in the population centers. Most of the all the hotels. In fact, they're building new hotels now. But um, most of the can. hotels have been have been put back uh, into um, have been fixed up and are back in working order and everything's fine. Actually, the Hilton uh, last year uh, before the tournament last year they they had had a, during Odile they had all their windows blown out and they managed to get it all put back together in time for the tournament. So that was a span of what about eight months, I think. Yeah, and there and the Hilton's outside of Cabo San Lucas proper. It's between right. San Jose and and Cabo San Lucas. It's about almost halfway. Right. Well, now Gary, uh, Stars and Stripes sounds like a grand event and uh, uh, something that's worthwhile. But for for uh, the guys that uh, just want to go together and get a group and go fishing there. There's some other tournaments that are actually a little bit closer uh, that are coming on up that uh, they might be able to partake in. Tell us about those. Well, the the one that stands out is Pescola Baja's tournament, which is a series of tournaments, as I alluded to before. But they have um, they have a tournament in San Felipe in May, and then Gonzaga Bay in in June, uh, Bahia de Los Angeles in um, uh, July. And then they go to San Quentin in August. And then they have a grand finale where all the winners of all those four tournaments then compete with each other out of Ensenada at uh, Corral, at Marina Corral. And um, what makes this really cool is that this is, this is not your run-of-the-mill, uh, mostly uh, U.S. people that are coming down to fish it. This is a grassroots event where you're, you go to this and you're going to see a, a gl- you'll get a glimpse of the Baja that you, you've heard about but never seen. I mean, it is such a cool deal. And it, you know, the entry fee for per angler is like 35 bucks and you can get hotels and, and boats and so on and so forth very, very reasonably. And it's just, it's, it's an experience if you've never done one. You'll, I, as I said about Stars and Stripes, this is a tournament that you'll say, "Man, I had to do. I'm going to do that again next year because it's just you don't." And even if you can't do all five, four of them, the um, uh, it's just you know it's it's fun to go to these places and and you're you're fishing with people that know that that have local knowledge and you they may be unfamiliar areas to you, but. The people that are fishing alongside of you have local knowledge, and it, it just makes it a fun experience and a, 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 real, a nice, friendly competition, if you will. Well, and if you've never been down there, I'll tell you what, I, I'm down there 30 days out of the year. Uh, I love everything about Baja and Mexico down there. It's just tons of fun. Um, and, and Gary's right. You know, you can 
you can hang around with a group of people that have local knowledge. You get on the water, and these guys that are out there that if you get out on a boat with uh, a skipper and a crew that knows what they're doing, it's just nothing but fun. And you can pick and choose what you want to do a lot of the time, which is the best. I'm looking forward to being down there for two straight weeks here at the end of June or up till the 1st of July or through the 1st of July sometime. But it's a blast. Um, and it's, we, we don't have many, any problems down there. You know, they've, they've got great, uh, desail plants for most of the hotels. So you don't have to worry about the water anymore. It's a, it's a fun location to go to and, and just a ton of fun to be down there. Gary, if, if we want to keep up with what you're doing, uh, hear your latest blogs, uh, read up on, uh, you know, the, the latest articles that you have and, and just stay in touch with you, uh, uh how's the best way to do it? Probably uh, the best way to find everything I do is on Facebook anymore, and it's just Gary Graham. And uh, if you go there, every story that I publish, whether it's BD Outdoors, Pacific Coast Sport Fishing, Western Outdoor News, Gringo Gazette, et cetera, et cetera, they all end up there. They all go there. As an example, um, uh, the only exception might be the print, some of the print stuff doesn't go on there right away, like Pacific Coast Sport Fishing. We just, I have an article about Flying Sportsman's Lodge and Ed Tabor that, uh, was, is in the April edition, but, uh, which is a, a heck of a story. It was a fun story to research, but, uh, I had been there in the late, uh, uh, late sixties and when it was in its heyday and, um, um, it just where it went from there was just, it's an interesting story. It's worth reading if you get a chance. All right, Gary Graham, thanks a lot for being with us. We're going to, we're going to have to keep up with you more often, Gary, because there's just way too much stuff happening down there and <laughs> way too much interest to, to just, uh, not, not be updated on it. And I, I appreciate you taking some of your Sunday night to be with us and let us know what's happening uh, south of the border. Well, thank you very much. I think I'm going to see you at Day at the Docks. I'll be in the IGFA uh, booth, and uh, we'll catch up there, and go. we'll see what else I can tell you about. Thank you so much, all of you. And, and Stan, email me and tell me when you're going to be there, and I'll give you my cell number and all that stuff. Done deal, my friend. All right. All right. Gary Graham. Gary, thanks a lot for being with us. Hey, we got to take another break right now, but... Coming up next, scheduled, if we can catch up with him, Captain Chuck Taft from Sea Adventure Sports Fishing. Seems like there's a little bite off of our Southern California coast. Maybe we can pry out of Chuck just exactly what it's all about. So stay tuned. More Rod and Reel Radio to come with Stan, Wendy, and John after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? 
no depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. My angler H2 Earth. Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. If you missed any of tonight's show or any of the past shows, just go to the archive page at ronrealradio.com, and you can hear all the shows, all the guests that we've had for <laughs> literally almost the past 10 years. Hey, you know what? It used to be come uh, March and April, we'd be thinking, man, we can't wait until Labor Day, or we can't wait until the 4th of July comes, and and now, all of a sudden, there is one heck of a bite happening off of our Southern California coast. And here to tell us all about it is the owner-operator of Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, which includes the Alicia, the Jig Strike, the Sea Adventure 2, and the legend, Captain Chuck Taft. Captain Chuck, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, good evening. How is everybody? Chuck? Ooh, doing well, Chuck. We are doing great. Well, you know... I. We we were sitting at the Long Beach show in between, uh, you know, all the people that you had coming to visit you, and you were telling me, you know what, John, the bluefin are out there. Bobby's going to go out there at the uh, uh, end of March, and he's going to see if he can find them. I know he can get on them, and, and sure enough, Bobby went out there, whacked them, and now it seems like the floodgates may be about ready to open. Uh, tell us about what you know, sir. Well, there's uh, quite a little bite going on. Um, there was nine boats out yesterday. Everybody caught bluefin tuna. Uh, like I told you up at the Long Beach show that there was fish there, and I knew that they were ready to be caught, and they just had to get somebody out to go fishing. And it proved even yesterday that there was fish caught this last in the last three days up off Dana Point. There was fish caught on the 43, fish caught on the 60, and there was actually a fish caught down by Colinette. So there are bluefin up and down the coast, and they're wanting to bite a little bit. <laughs> yes. What's the biggest one you've heard of, Chuck? A 123-pound fish. That'll work. Wow. <laughs> Where was that one caught, on the 60? That was caught on the four, on the 43. On the 43. I, Bobby was talking about that earlier when I was chatting with him, and he said that fish would, had shown up there. And, it, and actually, they'd seen a bunch of it in several locations. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, <clears throat> Three-quarter-day boat had fish yesterday from 40 to 80 pounds. 
Um, there was fish caught up off, uh, I believe it was Friday. Well, I know exactly it was Friday. Out of Dana Point, there was fish caught there on a three-quarter day trip. Um, and like I said, there was nine of us out at the 60 yesterday, and we all caught fish. Wow. Wow. T- tell us about this wave of fish coming in. Uh, is it? Uh, I don't is, think there's any wave come in. I don't think there's any fish that left. No kidding. Wow. I mean, that fish has been around all year. And uh, down on the Bunda Bank, I heard there was saners wrapping fish down there already, starting to fill their pen quota. Oh, my. Wow. Well, Chuck, let, let's talk about, the, you know, first of all, uh, with Sea Adventure Sports Fishing and, and Bobby, uh, tell us the trips that you're going to be offering here now in the wex, next week to uh, well, go on down the there. Next and... week, we're doing day and a half trips. Bobby's leaving tonight. We're leaving next weekend for a day and a half trip. Our trips are $300 for a day and a half trip, and that includes your meals. And very, very good bargain. On right the trip, and how um, should how should people be rigging up for these trips? Because uh, uh, it sounds like there's percent of all the fish that have been caught have been caught on the fly line. They have not, for some reason. I had two or three guys uh, fish the flat jigs and everything all day yesterday, and nobody got bit on the jig. Bobby hasn't had a fish caught on the iron yet either. Oh no! Kidding. Everything's been on the fly line, and nobody's really getting bit with a sliding sinker either. So and what kind really, of test? It's really kind of weird because we're not seeing that many fish up boiling and stuff, okay? The fish get underneath the boat, and they're underneath, and we're getting a lot of marks at 18 to 30 fathoms. Most everything's around 20 fathoms on the bluefin that lays under the boat. <clears throat> you know, it's not like... You look way up swell, and you see fish crashing like a lot of times. It's kind of strange. Well, then, Chuck, uh, with what you're seeing out there right now, uh, what type of rigs are you telling people to, to come with? Uh, what kind of bait are you getting? Uh, what pound line? Yeah, Wendy just asked, what pound test? Well, the first day, everything was supposedly on lighter line. Yesterday, we had fish bite on 40 pounds. And... It was weird. I mean, I had guys that were what I consider very quality fishermen that couldn't get bit. And I had a kid his first time fishing that had a spinning reel with white spectra and had a hook tied to the white spectra and got bit. <laughs> there you have so, it. That old story, the fish don't know when it's biting, is the truth never been truer. I mean, if you would have walked up to this kid and said, your chances of getting bit are pretty slim with the way you got this set up. And sure as hell, he caught about a 23-pound uh, bluefin. Happy doggone. Well, Chuck, you know, you've been doing this long enough to, you know, to say that, hey, it ain't going to happen like that. And the next thing you know, you're I eating crow. no more. Because <laughs> like you're saying, sure as hell, you say something like that, the person's going to prove you wrong. That's like somebody telling you you're not going to go out and catch wahoo. That's exactly correct. Uh-huh. Not 19 miles from shore. You're not going to catch a wahoo 19 no, miles or, or 13 miles from, from San Diego. Well, well, uh, it's pretty exciting. I, 
I know the weekend before I ran the Sea Adventure out of Long Beach because it's running out of Pier Point Sport Fishing. And on the way coming home from Clemente, I metered four spots of bluefin on the edge of the mackerel bank, too. Wow. Wow. Well, you know. If I hadn't been in such a hurry to try to get back to run another trip, I probably would have stopped. So there's fish scattered up and down, and guys need to go fishing now. So what did you, did you hear what the guy was using to catch that fish? Are that. Here and they're trying to bite. I don't know what's going to happen in a month. Nobody knows what's going to happen in a month. Everybody's saying, oh, I don't want to go now. I want to go in July, August. No. Uh, what's going to happen if that fish decides to uh, kick its tail and decide to swim away? You know? We have no control of when fish show up and stuff, and when fish get around, guys need to take advantage of the situation and go fishing while fish are around. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, that is exactly correct. I have people ask me that all the time. You know, what? when do you go? Do you plan your trips around? I go, I go when the fish are here. It's like when, if the albacore showed up, you go when the albacore are here because they, they'll be gone the next day. Go when the fish are here. Take your best shot at catching your best fish right now, and then you'll. If the opportunity comes up again, and you can go over and over again during this season, then you know more yeah, power to you. But you know, how often have we had this opportunity? Last year was great. This I mean, year is opened up. I mean, we're March and April is is they're showing up here. You can go down. You can get your bluefin limits already on several of the boats here if they move into the u.s waters and you know katie bar the door here that we big fish lands on the 43 and and you can go out and you know spend your time with 80 pound and try to land that that 100 pound plus fish will dynamite but yeah. you can't hey. sit on the sofa and do that you gotta go captain chuck you were saying uh we all fished in u.s this weekend okay the fish were up on the 60 and above where we fished, so we were all in U.S. waters. So. And the thing is, guys, people don't understand. Fish don't have a calendar. They don't know what the water temp is. They don't know where the feed is. Where the feed is. When the feed's here and the water's the right temperature, fish are going to be here and they're going to bite. I mean, you know, it's not like it's, well, this is June or July 4th. It's time to go fishing. Chuck, are you running into the red crab like uh, you ran into last year? We see red crab. It's not as thick right now as it was. At Clemente the week before, we had a lot of red crab, and 90% of the yellowtail that we caught on the yo-yo jigs and stuff, bit of red and white, bit of red jig really good because of the red crab that we were fishing up there. So there's red crab around. On the coast now... There's red crab on the banks in close, you know, within four or five miles you see red crab and stuff. But to actually say was a red crab up on the surface out where we were fishing, no, there wasn't. But at Clemente, we metered all kinds and the fish were full of it. You know, right now, are you are you able to get uh, good sardine to fish these? Or are you fishing them with uh, big anchovies or, or what, uh, Chuck? We fished them with sardine yesterday. The trip, Bobby's first trip, he had a little sardine anchovy. Okay, they did bite the sardine better. Irving Ham realized that we had to have sardine, so we all uh, got sardine um, Friday night, and it was caught that day. 
it hadn't had a chance to cure much, but it lived long enough and gave us all a good shot at the fish yesterday. Well, good well, deal. Chuck, that's sounding exciting. I, I also need to, to thank you, too, because you made it possible. Uh, Ron Real Radio is uh, going to sponsor a trip on uh, the Sea Adventure 2 out of Long Beach, uh, and that's going to go to benefit uh, my high school. So thank you very much for that. And then we've got a sponsored trip coming on up with you on September the 16th. And I know you got a few uh, spots already sold on that, and I've got uh, about seven committed to, to go on that too. I want to thank you for making that available to us. But to, to go out with Sea Adventure uh, Sports Fishing, how's the best way to get a hold of you and, and book a trip? Well, the easiest thing is to go online. They can go online at HM Landing and click on the legend or Sea Adventure 2 to book an open party trip if they're looking to get a charter. Anywhere from 12 people to 20 people, they can uh, give us a call at the house and get a charter on the Jig Strike and the Alicia. And, guys, don't hesitate. This looks like it's going to be one hell of a year again. You better jump on the bandwagon while the fish are biting. All right. No, you better jump on the bandwagon while you can get a, a charter <laughs> on a boat and line them up early because if you wait, you won't be able to get on a boat. And you see, the whole chorus agrees with that. Everybody agrees with that. You hear them barking in the background. Yeah, damn dogs. All right, hey, check that. I'm telling you, it looks good. I'm, there's fish up and down, and I all I can hope is it gets better and better because the signs are here, and uh, you know I don't see it leaving. I can tell you when we left on uh, Friday night, I took the first three hours of the watch, and there was flipping bait, and small chovy, and uh, sardine, and stuff flipping in the lights for three hours off the coast. So there's plenty of bait around right now, and I don't see this stuff wanting to leave. The water was 63.8 degrees from the 60 all the way to the islands. All right. Well, Chuck, we appreciate you being with us, and we, we're going to keep up to date uh, with you on what's happening because I think this is uh, the first, and, and a lot of the skippers we talked with at the, the Fred Hall Show says that they believe that uh, this season is going to be as good, if maybe not better, than 2015. So we'll want to keep track of it. I think we're going to see more bigger fish and stuff. Um, I think the bluefin or. Uh, better grade of bluefin uh, that are around up in a couple areas. I think this fish has uh, done nothing but grow that's stayed here. All right. You know, that's the best thing. That fish stayed around and just kept eating, and it's bigger than it was last year. This could be the, the year you want to go fishing. That's well, all i got to right. say. Hey, guys, so. we've got to end this right now. We've gone way over time. Captain Chuck Taft, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, and good fishing to everybody. All right. Hey, guys, we've gone way over time. Stan and Wendy, thanks a lot for your contributions tonight. Always. All right. And always, we want to thank uh, Jorge and the AM540 Studios, Ben Harvey, who's our local producer here in San Diego, and always I want to thank Big Tuna Bill Gieslin and Captain Eddie McEwen for leaving us this legacy that is Ron Real Radio, but especially you, the listeners. Two hours every night. We want to thank you for staying with us and listening. We always appreciate your comments. 
you can go to uh, ronrealradio.com or, or visit us on Facebook. So until next week, for Stan, Wendy, and the entire crew of Ron Real Radio, thanks for listening. Get out there and get them. Don't let the weather get in the way. Don't let anything get in the way. They're out there right now. Book a trip. Get on out there and get those fish. They're getting away. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So on behalf of everyone, good night, everyone. We're out on the water. We're out for now. We'll see you next week. Where you left a row half done.